0: This episode is sponsored by Podgo. We use Podgo to monetize all of our podcasts and get paid within twenty four hours. So if you're a podcast want to get paid, be sure to check out Podgo. That's p o d g o dot c o. That's Podgo dot c o. And be sure to enter our name in the "How did you hear about Podgo?" section of the application. See you guys in the episode.
1: The language of the universe.
0: But I don't understand it.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back
0: to the Math and Physics Podcast. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray. And we welcome you to episode number 52, where today we are going to be talking about thermodynamics we're going to be talking about entropy and the disorder in the universe. So if you guys have heard of the of the term entropy before, you might know what we're going to what we're going to dive into today. So it's going to be exciting.
1: And uh, if we would have been releasing one episode per week since the beginning, this would be our 1 year anniversary. So that's
0: cool. Oh, is it? <laughs> I mean, no 52. Way. But, oh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that way. That way. Yeah. Well, obviously, I forgot about. Yeah. Okay, I, didn't understand I mean, I, <laughs> I, at
1: one point, we were releasing episodes like twice a week in the beginning. But uh, that was during the and summer. And in so, June, I
0: still I can never forget. I think it was June or July. We released like one or two episodes because we were just really <laughs> lazy. Huge yeah. drop in downloads. And obviously, like we didn't get that many episodes out. So like it was kind of inconsistent when we were just starting up the podcast, but I think now we're we're very comfortable with our weekly schedule. So That's yeah, right. here we are.
1: All right. Um, getting into this episode, we want to thank you for six thousand Spotify followers today, and nice. um, on YouTube, three hundred and fifty subscribers. Thank you very much. Nice. Always uh, nice. Always if you nice are to watching this episode on or listening to this on spotify you can check it out on youtube where we record this and where you'll be able to see my new haircut okay hey, okay that's true that's true
0: <laughs> this is a long time coming he's had the the, mm. the man bun type hair for quite a long time so here we have it. i mean
1: not quite man bun i would say no but, but like
0: like enough to make one like you had a lot of hair is what i'm saying
1: it wasn't i mean anyways
0: anyways the point
1: is that Mm -hmm. um you should come on youtube and like the video and and subscribe maybe a lot Uh of
0: spotify followers are like listeners actually uh commented on youtube saying hey we're from spotify and we really enjoy your content so like you know it's always nice to hear so talking about nice things to hear let's talk about the comment of the week shall we comment of the week so the comment of the week was from brandon miles it was on the most recent episodes uh uh, on the youtube comment section where he said and i quote this episode was awesome touched on so many subjects such an underrated podcast you guys are gonna blow up in the coming years for sure he is he is sure he is sure that we will blow up thank Thank you brandon for your comment, for your support. I know Brandon has been a long-time listener. I think a lot of these comments of the weeks like these really nice like we, we we start to notice that all of them or a lot of them have been listening to our podcast for quite a long time. Yeah. And we do so remember
1: good. like if you commented on an episode like way back like episode 2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't thought anyone actually commented, I don't think. But like we we actually remember the people who who, like, subscribed early on and, and commented very early on. So, yeah, we thank you guys. I still remember.
0: remember. I mean, we still had, like, 20, 30, 40 subscribers. Like, we're, we were just growing slowly <laughs> yeah. and people were still listening. Like, yeah, I mean, that was good. That was good. So, well, yeah, well.
1: Anything else or should we just start? I don't start... think
0: so. I mean, I think uh, a- any any downloads news? I don't think so. Like, uh, no, we passed 75,000, so. which I don't know I think if that we was mentioned before. that was the same before, for last week. Which I think is nice. Did, did we mention it before?
1: I think we we said 75 last week.
0: We probably okay, I'm not 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 too sure, but anyways, it's another 25 to the big 100. So That's going to be nice. That's going to be that's going to be very exciting. <laughs> that's that's going to be, be very fun. exciting. So, so yeah.
1: Let's uh I think that's it. Let's yeah. start with the Let's get into it. The the this episode is going to be mostly about the second law of thermodynamics. Um, okay,
0: because it's this okay, a little, a little description here because so, so we are actually taking uh, Parker and I are taking a thermodynamics course where we're learning a lot of these, a lot of these different ideas. And our goal of this episode is to take all the ideas from there, all the ideas that we have in our head, mash them together, and produce a perfect episode. <laughs> so in well, not our class, uh, as I was saying, well, I like I don't know what as I was saying, like in our class, we focus a lot on entropy. And the reason we do that is obviously very well uh, established because we need to, right? Because, and we're going to get into why the second law is so important. So the reason we're going to get into the second law today mainly is mainly because the second law is one of the most important laws. So that's also another reason why we're going to be focusing, it, uh, focusing on it today.
1: That's absolutely right. And so we'll start with, like, we'll just present the first or the, the zeroth law the zero. and the first so law. Weird. Uh, Just to then move on to the second for the the rest of the podcast. So the zeroth law just states that, okay, you have system A, system B that are in thermodynamic equilibrium. That just means that if if system C is in thermodynamic equilibrium with system B, then system A is also Mm -hmm. in thermodynamic (laughs) equilibrium, (laughs) whatever, with system C.
0: Yeah, so basically the idea is, so, so thermodynamic equilibrium, so equilibrium, I think it's very, uh, it's a very, what's, a, what's the, like it's a very intuitive word, like it can, it, it is telling that something is equal, and when we say thermodynamic, anytime thermal, thermo, anything with T usually comes up, it's usually temperature. Yeah. Right. So when we're talking about thermodynamic equilibrium, we're talking about two systems being at the same temperature. But there's so, also
1: mechanical yeah. equilibrium, mm-hmm. which is the same pressure, and there's also chemical equilibrium, which is like the same, the same uh, dilution isn't it, of.
0: Isn't it uh, like number of? No, wait. Is I that... think
1: I think it's the same dilution of of. Uh, like a solid solvent 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 like if you like for example if you have a if you have like particles of like tea at the bottom of your cup and then you have like water on top and then when you like mix it together then that becomes a chemical equilibrium because you're right you're right it's it's with the concentrations of the particles yeah that's what i was looking for yeah Yeah. concentration
0: Mm -hmm. so so those are the three types and well, in thermodynamics, you can assume that thermal is the most common type because we're talking about temperature changes. I mean,
1: actually, we it's not the most common. <laughs> well, I think okay, I think okay. they're all, they're all pretty equal. In thermodynamics,
0: it's the most common. But no, the reason I'm saying is because temperature change is directly related to energy change, right? Because when you say this system has more temperature, what that basically means is all the individual particles... Not
1: necessarily... Temperature change does not imply energy change, because that also, that that actually brings us to the first law of thermodynamics, that states that the change in energy of a system is equal to the heat put into the system, plus the work put. In i guess i guess there are there
0: are other factors but but what i'm but the the point i'm trying to get at is like when we say like temperature is or like an increase in temperature from like one state to another like what i'm what i'm trying to say is like the particles in the system are gaining more energy or at least assuming like some 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 things stay constant yeah so
1: assuming like you fix the number of particles and also the volume and all that stuff then yeah if you increase the temperature then the energy of the system will increase. But if you supply heat to your system mm-hmm. while letting the system do work onto the environment, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. f- this first law of thermodynamics states that the change in energy of the system, well, as long as, you know, the heat and the work are equal and opposite, then mm-hmm. the change in energy will be zero.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, there are other factors that, 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 that do play into that do play into effect. But anyways, like, again, the purpose of all this stuff is because when systems are in equilibrium with each other, there are very interesting properties that get satisfied and there are very interesting things that happen that we're going to be getting into as we, you know, move further into this. Mm -hmm. But another interesting thing that I actually just thought about was like, if, like, I mean, kind of a random thought, but it is very directly related to this. Let's say it's like, five degrees outside or zero degrees Celsius, by the way, not for the, the Americans. That's really cold. <laughs> so so let's say it's zero degrees, five degrees outside. Basically, it's cold. And you put a metal spoon outside and you put a wooden block outside, right? Now, after, let's say, 20 minutes, you touch the metal spoon and you touch the metal block. I mean, uh, and you touch the wooden block. Now, which one's going to feel colder?
1: The like spoon. The metal
0: spoon, right? Yeah. Obviously. But... The temperature of the metal spoon and the wooden block are the same, and that is where people are like, "Wait, hold up!" So if they have the same temperature, how can I? How can one be colder than the other? And this is an interesting fact about the properties of the um, of the system. So like in this case, the, the metal spoon. Sorry. You're talking about thermal conductivity thermal conductivity yeah so the so the spoon is metal while the wood is porous well the the wood is wood but like the wood <laughs> is porous it's a porous material what that means is there are like these small gaps microscopic gaps obviously you probably can't see it but there are these microscopic gaps that when you put your finger on the on the block of wood all the the temperature from the wood does not directly go into your finger because when you put your finger on that piece of wood, there's a lot of air that you're also touching, right? Like there's a lot of just gaps, empty gaps, because as I said, the wood is porous, right? So there's a lot of empty gaps that you're also putting your finger on. So the wood is not able to directly give you all of the all of the energy. Well, actually it all would be the your finger losing energy. Well, yeah, technically, because heat it it flows from heat, yeah, sorry, that's actually that's actually more scientifically correct. I was just trying to I was just trying to provide a picture like how how it's flowing. But mm-hmm. yeah, technically, your finger because it's hotter, it's the one that's releasing the energy to the wood. And again, because of the porous material of the wood, it's not going to all parts of the wood. Now, contrast that with the metal. The metal, on the other hand, is very, very rigid. And there's almost no air gaps or air holes in that material. So the moment you put your finger on that, every part of your finger is touching at least some part of metal. So all parts of your finger are giving away heat simultaneously. And you have the feeling that it is colder. Even though, in actuality, they are the same temperature. And I think that's a pretty cool thermodynamic fact. It's a really weird light hitting my face right now. I don't know if you can can Um, notice. (laughs) I think
1: right now is a good time to introduce the concept of entropy. Because I think think one thing that entropy is very useful for, you know, one thing is that it's hard to really grasp what entropy really is. But Mm -hmm. it's used to define things like temperature and also pressure and chemical potential Mm -hmm. and you know and all these things that if I were to ask you like like an as a non-scientific question like how do you quantize or quantify temperature you know Mm -hmm. it it has to do with feeling right You you, like today you feel that it's hot out (laughs) and the next day you feel that it's cold out but how do you assign a number to it yeah that's um, that's the question you know, we, we've we done it with, uh, like, mercury and also uh, bending metals, right? Like, you have one metal that that doesn't expand as much as another metal. And then so when when you supply heat, it'll bend one way. And then you can put, like, a number scale on it, and it'll tell you the temperature.
0: That's an interesting way to do it, actually. I know about yeah. it. That's pretty yeah, it's cool. Actu-
1: it's actually how they do, like, dial thermometers like you know how there's a thermometer and there's like a dial that turns okay and it'll point to the temperature it's actually the the arrow or whatever is attached to a coil of metals um of like these two these two metals one side is a metal that doesn't expand as much as another metal under like a temperature increase and so when the temperature increases the metal that expands more will push the other metal to bend one way and so oh. that's what happens the coil the coil lengthens and it moves the that's
0: thing. pretty interesting, I actually, actually. learned that from
1: uh, you know Walter Levin the the, the guy who posts his, uh, the MIT physics prof oh yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah, heard he, yeah, he yeah, had yeah a lecture of course, of
1: course. he had a lecture on temperature really but, yeah. that's so
0: cool that's actually yeah. a pretty cool fact it's actually that, very that's cool. The, the, the the temperature dial that's that's pretty interesting yeah the thermometer and so,
1: dial uh entropy talking about entropy so yeah. okay here here is the the equation for entropy it's um Do we need to get into the yeah, equation we have to get okay. into the equation oh my god so entropy is uh is denoted by an s okay and it's s is equal to the Boltzmann constant times the natural log of the multiplicity of your macro state now we will we will like we have to get into no we have to we definitely have to i mean we
0: kind of did but like
1: we we definitely have to because in order to really understand what entropy is you have to know how it's calculated and so the mm-hmm. Boltzmann constant is just a constant. So we can mm-hmm. kind of ignore that. It's just a fixed <laughs> it's a fixed yeah. number, okay?
0: Cuz remember, yeah, like when we're talking about like entropy especially in this regard like where where we we haven't even defined it yet. Like we're just talking about this word called entropy. So right now we're trying to understand its relationship with other variables. So kB or the Boltzmann constant, right? It's denoted by a k subscript subscript b. So that's simply a number. It's simply a number that is only for is, is, it's, it's, it's only to equate the entropy and this natural logarithm of the multiplicity. But if we're just looking at how these variables change, you can just we can just ignore the uh, Boltzmann constant. right
1: So we're looking at a quantity that is defined by the natural logarithm of another quantity. And you, you heard me say it was the multiplicity of a macro state. So we'll break that down really quickly, or maybe not so quickly, but so that you'll really have an, an idea for what it is. So a macro state is like a general, a general state of affairs, okay? For example, if you have five coins in front of you, the macro state will just be how many heads you have and how many tails you have. So you can have... Mm. So one microstate might be just all heads, one microstate. Macro. Uh, yeah, macro state might be three heads, two tails. Right. It, it's just a it's just a vague description of your system, mm-hmm. versus a the microstate. microstate. Ooh. You wanna go? Yeah.
0: So the microstate is where it gets a little more not complicated, but a little more you know in detail with the system. So continuing this example of the coins. If let's say we're talking again, uh, I think you said we have five coins, right? So let's say we have five coins and the macro state is three heads. So we're automatically told, well, if we have three heads, we obviously have two tails. Now we have three heads and we have two tails and we have five coins. Now each coin can individually be a head or a tail. So that would be the micro state of each coin. So the micro state is more relating to the individual uh, quantities of the system while the macro state is talking about the general idea of the system
1: I think the way you put it is a little bit misleading okay, because maybe, the mi- yeah. because the micro state doesn't depend like there's no microstate of each coin right it's the microstate of the system itself so for example under the macro state of let's say one heads and four tails you can either have heads tails 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 tails, tails, tails or tails, heads, tails, 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 heads, you know, whatever. It, the mi- the microstate is basically where the, the heads is because you can have, I think it's like six different, in this case, it's like six different
0: microstates that have the same macrostate. No, no, no. And so, so it's N plus one macrostates, but it's two to the N microstates, right?
1: No, but I'm talking or about, two. I'm talking about for the one macrostate, Yes. Yeah. Oh, for the one macro and state and four okay. tails, there mm-hmm. are four possible ma- micro states. um
0: uh,
1: mm-hmm. because there because there are
0: four possible positions that it can be in. Right. So yeah. this so this kind of this kind of brings up the idea. So if any of you are interested in statistics, this actually brings up the idea of a combination versus a permutation. Right. So a combination is so so. Let's say we have. Again, um, you want to give the coin example? Let me try to give an easier example. Let's say we have the letters A, B, C, and D. Very simple. And we're trying to get two letters out of that, right? A, B, C, and D, we're trying to get two letters. So we can get A, B, we can get C, D, and then we can get some, some combination of those. So let me explain the difference between combination and permutation, and then we can understand, I think, micro and macro states a lot better. So for example as I said, A, B, C, D, and we're picking two letters. Now, A, B, and B, A, what's the difference between A, B, and B, A? The only difference is the order. So, if let's say we're picking two letters and we pick A, B, well, if we're just talking about the letters that we picked, A, B, and B, A are the same thing. Like, they don't mean anything else. So, that is a combination of the four letters available. However, If we are talking about the order, oh, that was a little (laughs) too loud, (laughs) the order of the system. So for example, A, B is different from B, A. That means let's say they represent individual quantities that, you know, are like, for example, let's say it's which coin I take out first or or which letter I take out first. So if we're talking about the first letter, then A, B and B, A are very different because A, B, I'm picking A first. B, A, I'm picking B first. So that is a permutation, right? So a permutation is basically where order matters. A combination is where order doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So in multiplicities and these micro and macro states, or in in the micro states, at least, order matters. Because if we have a tail in the first, uh, like, I, I mean, again, going back to the coin example, if we have one tail and four heads, right? The micro state of one tail and four heads is different from one head, one tail and three heads, right? The micro state is different, but the macro state is the same. Yeah, so Does that makes sense because a micro state here. is a permutation, right? Where it depends on where that tail is okay. because the micro state would change.
1: But, but let me know because you're you're the stats guy here. Yeah. Um, so from what I understand, in the coin example, we're not talking about permutations per se because it doesn't matter like if you label the coins one two three four five mm-hmm. and your micro state is like the second coin is flipped to heads okay right we don't care which coin is in that second position right like it doesn't matter if coin three is flipped at heads in position two it just matters no, but, that you have the general outline of of the the yeah. of, uh, mm-hmm. tails heads tails tails tails. So that would just be a combination because you're not you don't care about the order of how the coins were
0: picked out. It just matters that it's tails heads tails tails tails. But am I am I wrong when I say that a multi like a a micro state of tail head 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 versus head tail head 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 like wouldn't that be different wouldn't those be two different microstates yeah 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 so okay yeah so So you're right that's the that's the entire point that i'm trying to bring up right Yeah. so you're right so if if a b and ba are two different things Mm -hmm. that means it's a permutation that we're dealing with for sure now i'm 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 sure that some of the listeners out there are very confused
1: why we're talking about coins right now (laughs) but it will become it will become very evident okay so now we have to talk about multiplicity okay Multiplicity is just the amount of microstates that are in a macrostate. For example, the easiest example is all heads. All five coins are heads. The multiplicity is one because you can only... There's only one way that you can have all heads and if that's if they're all heads, right? Mm-hmm. But the multiplicity suddenly increases if your macro state becomes one heads, four tails, because suddenly you can have, you know, one mic, one microstate, as I said before, will be like heads in the first position or heads in the second, third, fourth, fifth. And each one of those adds to the multiplicity. So let's say there are four or five ways to do uh, one heads. Then the multiplicity of that macro state is five. Mm -hmm. And now by symmetry, uh, The macro state with one tails is also going to have the same amount of multiplicity as uh, one heads. And if you do them, you don't really have to do the math, but you can kind of imagine as, let's say, the amount of coins you have increases to like Mm -hmm. 100 coins. And then you say, what's the multiplicity of uh, the macro state with 50 heads, 50 tails? It's going to be vastly greater than Mm -hmm. the multiplicity of the macro state that has only heads, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can literally uh, pick out any order. As long as there's 50 and 50, you can pick out any order of heads and tails. Mm -hmm. And the reason why this is important now, because it, it connects
0: directly to the equation for entropy, hmm And before, b- before we get directly into that, I do want to, I do want to clarify something. Uh, so I was talking, so the permutations that I was talking about were for the microstates and the microstates itself. So now that you bring up the idea of macrostates and their relationship with microstates, now macrostates are actually not permutations. They are yeah. combinations, yeah. right? Because like, as we were saying, like if, if we have one head in the first position, Or one head in the third position, or one head in the second position. It's still one head, Mm -hmm. so the the so the macro state is the same no matter what. That means the macro state does not depend on the order of the elements. So when we're calculating this multiplicity, what we usually like to use again instead of permutations is a combination. And again, for anyone like studying university level math, like if you've ever, or like even high school math, like if you guys have uh, looked at combinatorics before. Then you might kind of understand, like the the stream, or le- at least like the argument that we're trying to pan out here with the uh, with combinations. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's let's get into the entropy equation now.
1: Yeah. So and, entropy, the second law states that entropy tends to increase, always. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. The there might be a, like some misleading um, events where locally the entropy decreases, mm-hmm. but as soon as you zoom out you'll see that the entropy
0: actually increases. First up, first up, first up. I still, I still, I just noticed. We still haven't defined what entropy is. Like, well, and, we... And, like, okay, I mean, we're, we're talking about it in terms of micro and macro states, but, like, no one really wants to hear that. Like, first of all, what is I think, entropy?
1: I think now that we've presented, like, the coin argument... Okay. It will I be very satisfying to now say that entropy is somewhat, you know, hand-waverly a measure of disorder.
0: That's the, that's the term I was looking for.
1: Yeah. So if you, if you can imagine, um, like, the, the natural log of one is zero, okay? So the entropy of this coin system that has the macro state of just all heads, that has a multiplicity of one. So, you know, you plug that into the entropy equation and you get an entropy of zero. Now, as soon as you start flipping coins into different macro states, you'll have higher and higher multiplicities and um, it will be, you will have higher and higher entropy for those Mm -hmm. uh, specific macro states. Now, Mm -hmm. if I were to tell you, uh, you know, you start off with um, your coins all on the heads, all on the, the the heads flipped up. Right. And then, and then you just, you know, you put that, you put those coins outside, for example, you just leave them outside and then you check 10 years later. Okay. What are the odds that you come back and you find all of those coins still heads facing up on the street, right? (laughs) Exactly where you Hmm. left them. Very low. Very, very low because, you know, the wind can blow. Someone can, uh, you know, flip the coins as they, as they wish. You know, the rain could, could co- I don't know, anything could happen, literally anything. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of an example where it's, it's so much more probable that over time you will find your coins in a different macro state with automatically higher entropy. Mm-hmm. That, that that I think another really good example is if you have, like, a stack of papers on your desk, you know, um, like, what are the odds, let's say you leave, like, a window open or not even, right? You, you just, you leave your, that stack of paper perfectly ordered and uh, squared off on your desk. Okay. And then, you know, anything can happen that can, you know blow the, the paper, <laughs> blow the papers really all over the room. I'll <laughs> okay. say, you know, a tornado, whatever. Anything oh can my happen. God. But it's so easy to go from that perfect orderly state to a disordered state, but you'll never see a tornado uh, swirl up those papers back into a perfect stack because that, that, would, be, true. that would be decreasing the entropy that is true. of that paper
0: system. Let me give you an easier example. Much, much, I think I much easier. I thought that easier. was pretty easy. <laughs> I mean, okay, that's okay. I mean, I don't know what the tornado came into it and everything. But if we're just thinking, just think about a deck of cards. Think about a deck of 52 cards. This is the cards. exact same argument, by the way. Yes, it is. It's the exact same <laughs> argument. It's just an easier analogy to understand. So think about 52 cards. We have a deck of playing cards. It's a brand new, uh, It's a brand new stack. So what do we know about this stack? We know where every single card is right? We know where the king is. We know where the queen is because it's all ordered in the exact same way. When you open a brand new deck of cards, it's, or, it's always ordered in the exact same way. And that's how you're going to get it every time. So this is the system where it has the least amount of entropy, where everything can basically be predicted, where you know where everything is. Now, as we shuffle the deck, let's say we shuffle it just once, we have already increased the entropy. Why? If we're talking about just the disorder argument, then we can look at it with, well, the cards are more disordered. But scientifically, like mathematically, what's happening is we are less likely to predict where every card is. Now, as we continue to shuffle and shuffle and shuffle, and we keep shuffling, when do we achieve this maximum entropy? Because that's also something that we should maybe touch on because mm-hmm. every system has a maximum entropy that it can achieve. And in this set and this deck of cards, the maximum entropy will be achieved when each card has an equally likely uh, outcome of being pulled. So let's say the let's say I put all the deck uh, like all the cards face down after shuffling them like 100 million times and I put them all face down. If the probability of me picking a king of hearts is the same as the probability of me picking a two of hearts, or a two of spades, or any card, any two cards have the same probability, that is maximum entropy. That means it has been disordered to the maximum possible amount. It can't be disordered anymore, right? Because when you already have them at equal probability, how can you 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 can't disorder it in any more way. So I think I think the deck of cards is the standard example that everyone gives when you're asking, can you can you like explain entropy to me? And also because it's I think it's it's an easy analogy. And
1: now I also think that the listeners are thinking to themselves, why are these physics students talking about decks of cards <laughs> and coins? Not corns? very much related directly. Once eh? again, how is yeah. this related to physics at all? Mm-hmm. Okay, because. This is why. <laughs> so you <laughs> can you can actually calculate uh, the the macro the multiplicities of, of macro states and all that stuff for gases and and like actual systems of everyday life. Now, because thermodynamics also referred to statistical mechanics, deals with very, very large numbers. And, and, you know, when we talk about, let's say a cubic meter of air, you can't actually say anything about an individual particle of air Mm -hmm. and actually say, you know, okay, this particle is moving at this speed. This particle is moving at, you can't, you have to really generalize and say, on average, you know, the, the average velocity that we can find any one of these particles in is x or whatever. And this is based on like the temperature, the pressure, and all that stuff. Um, There are complicated formulas. You know, if I were to just say it to you out loud right now, it wouldn't make any sense. Um, But if you actually go through the mathematics of it all, there are actually surprisingly quite concise equations that you can just plug in values that you know about the system, like temperature, like volume, like pressure and all these all these things that you can actually calculate on a macro scale. Mm-hmm. For example, if I have a box once again of air, I can easily calculate the pressure. Oftentimes, it's just going to be one atmospheric pressure. Uh, is that what it's called? Yeah, Atmos- one, one atmosphere technically. One, you don't one a, atmosphere. Yeah, one atmosphere. Um, and you know, volume. Obviously, it's a box. You can just do side length cubed. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can just calculate these. These easy values to calculate, also temperature,
0: and these are the macro states. These are all yeah. the macro states,
1: and this will this will be a macro state. You plug that into the formula, and it will actually give you the entropy because once again, the entropy is directly related to the multiplicity. And mm-hmm. so, if you you know you if you play around with. Um, like the, the multiplicity of a system, you plug that into the equation for the the entropy, you simplify it as much as you can, and you will have like relatively an easy time calculating these these entropies of systems. Mm-hmm. And what does that tell you about the real world? Well, we are interested about th- in, we're interested in thermodynamics. So how systems interact thermally with other systems. Mm-hmm. And so what happens, you know, naturally, you know, how do you describe heat flow using entropy? Well, first of all, you start with the second law that says that the entropy of a system tends to increase. And so let's say we have system A, it's at, it's, uh, you know, it has a uniform temperature. It is at maximum entropy already on its own. And we have a system B, which has a, a higher temperature than system A, and it's in thermal equilibrium with all of its constituents. And then we put them into thermal contact, meaning that they can exchange energy. So mm-hmm. why is it, you know, intuitively, obviously, you're saying, okay, well, the heat will go from B to A until they're at the same temperature, and then heat will just, you know, stay constant but if you take a moment to sit back and to actually think about it like why is it why can't the cold system make the hot system even hotter and the cold system even colder so that like like why do, why does heat have to flow one way do you have an answer for that right
0: i am stumped I'm not sure <laughs> that... I have an answer to that at the back of my head, but I think there is an answer to that for sure. Like, why is be- there? Is... I don't know if because... there's an answer
1: to that. I think it's, like it, it, it works out nicely. I think you can make the argument that if it didn't work that way, then the universe would not really function so well. But there is no, like, it's kind of asking how how the creator of the laws of physics was thinking. <laughs> You know,
0: when he was making them, you you don't really know. So um, I I, I think we actually do know this because we've seen this. We've seen this equation, the Fourier heat conduction law. And that law basically loosely states that the that heat travels to the largest or heat travels from the largest temperature to the lowest.
1: (laughs) But okay, there's a difference between somebody making an observation. Right. And saying, okay, heat flows from hot to cold. But also, like, there's a difference between saying that and explaining why that is. Like, why why does it automatically say, you know, hot goes to cold? Mathematically, Mm -hmm. it works out due to the second law of thermodynamics, because it just so happens that if you have a cold system and a, a hot system, you can actually explain spontaneous heat flow. From the cold to the hot causing the you know locally i guess i should explain first that the more energy you have the more entropy you have or i guess that it's related to temperature the hotter you are the the more entropy you have Mm -hmm. and essentially if you were to exchange heat between these two systems the entropy of the hot system would actually decrease while the entropy of the cold system would increase. Um, the issue, or I guess the, there's not really an issue here, but the, it's kind of misleading because you might think, oh, I thought you said the entropy only increases. Well, actually it does because we, we're zooming out. We're looking at both systems together in one, as, as a single system and so the entropy of the hot system is going to decrease less than the ent- than the entropy of the cold system is increasing and so mm-hmm. in total you're going to get a net increase in entropy and this can all be done mathematically mm-hmm. if you want
0: and this is also and this also kind of like a like a fundamental law that if even so so the second law not only kind of states that the entropy always increases but it also states that if two systems are are kept in thermodynamic equilibrium or like not equilibrium in thermal contact with each other the as uh, like as you were saying system a and system b let's say we bring them into thermal contact the individual entropies will be less than or equal to the total entropy of the new system and that is also a very interesting fact right because the individual so let's say um like i think i think you brought up the idea that b was hotter than a i believe so in that case, right, B, uh, the entropy of B, because the heat is going out of B and into A, A would be increasing and B would be decreasing, right? But A would increase more than B decreases. So the entropy, the net entropy would yeah, be... Yeah, that's
1: actually what I just said. <laughs> oh. Okay. Sorry. Yeah.
0: No, because actually I, I was, I was actually reading, I was actually reading uh, just, just like uh, questions I would just answer, I, I like just asked, why does uh th- why do things flow from hot to cold? And I got all these, um, I got this really funny answer. I, I really want to read out. And, <laughs> and this guy, this one guy on Quora just answered, um, let's say there's a rich person with a lot of money and there's a poor lad with no money. Unfortunately, money is made by man and not for nature. If it was made by nature, they would have created an equilibrium and they would have been no rich, no poor. I just I just love that line. <laughs> Sorry. So anyways, I mean, that's a way to think about it. But anyways, I mean, why it flows from hot to cold is, I guess, a scientific fact I, that we're just dealing with. But if you guys, the audience, the listeners want to learn more about these scientific facts, that was a very smooth transition there. You guys can check out Brilliant.org. Clapping sound. So, we are proud to say that (laughs) Brilliant is uh, the official sponsor of the Math and Physics podcast. And they have a lot of topics where they talk about exactly what we're talking about, right? Thermodynamics, for example. Uh, They have a really cool science essentials course that uh, Parker and I were looking at where they talk about heat, they talk about heat flow, Uh, they talk a little bit about thermodynamics here and there. They have a physics of everyday course. Where they talk about how refrigerators work, I think, I think mm-hmm. we found that really cool. By the way, and it's actually what yeah. we're learning so, right now,
1: as we speak in our
0: thermodynamics yeah, yeah. course. So, exactly. So you have the opportunity to learn university level, you know, uh, uh, university level courses at your home you know, for free. Well it's, it's, um, well, it's not for free. I mean, it's a premium <laughs> membership. But the idea is that you can, you are able to learn all of these interesting topics. They have a really cool daily challenge section that Parker and I were trying out. And it's just based on logic. It's really cool. Some really cool questions and answers that you can learn. So, I mean, in all, like they have some really cool programs that uh, you guys should check out. And, and it yeah. might
1: not be free. But if you do love sales, let me tell you something. (laughs) (laughs) You can actually go to brilliant.org forward slash MPP to get 20% off. The first 200 of you will get 20% off your premium membership. So make sure to click the link in the description and to start learning, to start Mm -hmm. expanding your horizons.
0: Mm -hmm. And, I mean, again, you don't only have to be, like, a science student to really like this. Like, this is really, with anything, I think they have topics, you know, ranging from, again, we, because Parker and I are mainly focused on the science, we've mainly focused on those. But, again, like, they have topics ranging from all sorts of, uh, all sorts of niches. So, you guys can go check it out. At least, you know, give it a quick look. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So, What I do wanna talk about, and I think it was a good transition so we can change this into the entropy of the Big Bang, right? So we're talking (laughs) about how the entropy of systems change, but what about the entropy of the universe, right? So obviously, assuming the second, I mean, not assuming, I mean, taking the second law as it is, the fact that entropy is increasing, we can say that the, the the entropy of the net universe of everything in the universe is essentially increasing at all times. Now, that means that it would have had to start from some very small number, right? Because if it's increasing, it probably started because it can't start at negative infinity or it can't start at So that's a start at something is what I'm trying to say. So, at the moments of the or of, of the Big Bang, right right after the Big Bang, right, there was no matter that was created. It was only light. It was only it was just it was just it was it was not even dust. It was just energy, right? So there was nothing that was really there. It wasn't light, because <laughs> well, okay, fo- f- light, light. I mean, like elect- re- like released. like energy. Okay, light is the wrong word actually. Light is the wrong word, not like visual light, but like energy was ex- like, like something was expanding is what i'm trying to say right yeah. so that so the moment the big bang occurred i think that like that's when the entropy clock started and that is when we we started to see that the entropy initially increased so the question that a lot of people have is well was the entropy zero or was it was it a constant fixed value when the universe was in the singularity phase So like, you know, a lot of people assume in this big bang model, the universe was in this, this singular phase before expanding into the universe we know today. And, and we call that the initial singularity, right? So the question is when the universe was just this infinite, this, this infinitesimal point in space, well, space wasn't even created yet, but when the universe was that like, what's the idea of entropy over there? Like, how do we even how do we even talk about disorder or order when the universe is just a bunch of energy?
1: I don't really think that any physical concept was defined at the singularity. Like, you can't talk about maybe not. May, OK, emotion. but what about the <laughs> moments
0: right at, Okay, Maybe not at the singularity, but moments right after. Right. Like the universe just started expanding. What's the situation with entropy? what's the situation I mean, it's with increasing i, that's I mean yeah, we could say. <laughs> it's increasing but but the idea is that it started from some from some terminal number I mean, and the want, idea is
1: sorry if you want you can kind of define uh entropy at t equals zero to be zero yeah so
0: th- th- that's that's the entire point so if we're defining it as zero and we know it's it's net increasing that means we have had Entropy equals zero in the universe.
1: I I don't think it's I think it's more like if you were if you if you were to have like let's say your graph you know how if you have like a quotient of like uh like this is back in like grade twelve where you would have like a quotient and then you need to solve for like the hole in your in your graph and so the graph looks linear but at a point you have a hole because the denominator goes to zero, but it, you know, mm-hmm. do you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. I know what you mean. So for let's pretend that this like undefined point is at t equals zero for the universe. Time equals zero. I think like the actual point, like the limit, if you were to look back as the limit as t goes to zero from the positive side, the entropy tends to zero, but at the actual value, it's just undefined. You, like you can't you can't say anything about about entropy at the singularity because it just doesn't mean anything. I guess. You also mm-hmm. can't talk about like what is the temperature of the singularity because mm-hmm. the you don't even have space. Undefined. Undefined. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you don't even have space. How do you calculate pressure? How do you you know? You can't. Mm-hmm. Can't really they're talk just about thoughts. Anything. They're
0: just thoughts, right? Like they're just like Big Bang thoughts. Like it just that I've always wondered because like entropy and the universe play a very close relationship, right? Because uh, and I think we can start we can start this pretty cool idea where the heat death could be caused because of entropy, right? Because entropy again, as we were talking about the maximal disorder. When does that happen? When it's equal probability for all events. So in this case, in a, in 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 thermal in, a, in the case of thermodynamic equilibrium, when we're talking about the whole universe, the maximum entropy, the absolute maximum possible entropy of the universe will occur when everything is at the same temperature. So the whole universe is in thermodynamic equilibrium. And when and I this think is. That can only yeah. happen when there are no more
1: stars. Nor black holes, um, because black holes do evaporate very slowly, Mm -hmm. and um, the like eventually, like stars will die before like the black holes evaporate, Mm -hmm. and so the universe will get to a point where there are just no more stars, it is just a black universe, and you will see well, you won't see anything, but there will be black holes just peppered all over the place. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. some black holes will become super super massive black holes as they start to as like as they start to attract each other very slowly, just like how gas clouds can attract each other very slowly to become a star. I think the black holes will actually, now that I think of it, I guess it will happen like relatively locally, but because That because the universe is expanding, some black... Just like for us, we'll never see... Like, some stars we'll just never see. Because they are moving away from us faster than the speed of light. And so that will be the case for some black holes. They'll just spread out everywhere. And as they all finish to evaporate, it will just be kind of this uh, isotropic Mm -hmm. black soup of matter... That is just all the same temperature. Mm -hmm. And at that point, very, very, a very long time from today, there will just be a a heat death. The entire universe will just be the same, literally the same everywhere you look,
0: everywhere you go. That would be very insane. Also, just a quick, uh, (laughs) very insane. Oh, quick, quick clarification. The galaxies don't move away. Faster than the speed of light yeah, is the it's space just that's the technically space, yeah. space that's being created faster than the speed of light. So it gives us the illusion that the galaxies are moving away. But yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting point. Like that, that that will be, I mean, that that is a potential future for our universe, right? Like when all of these black holes, when all of these stars basically dissipate into like the absolute end would be probably when all these guys are just protons and neutrons and just like bunches of just just matter floating around all in equilibrium
1: although i think there will still be like elements floating around because how do you really decompose the elements into protons and neutrons let
0: me let me let me bring up a quick thing that i'm reading maybe i can uh maybe i can put it in the description just we should remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a quick thing that I'm reading. I just want to quote something out of here, like in 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 case I don't get anything. is wrong. but um this this one article that I'm, I'm I'm reading is that in the far distant future, stars would have used up all their nuclear fuel, ending up as stellar remnants such as white dwarfs or black holes. They will eventually evaporate into protons, electrons, photons, and neutrinos, ultimately reaching thermal equilibrium with the rest of the universe. And then they continue on to say that this process of cooling down, can take, wow, wow, can take one followed by a hundred septillion. That's 10 to the 26 zeros. So that's how long it would take, years. Those are how many years it would take. And then the temperature would drop to almost like near zero Kelvin, near absolute zero. So, I mean...
1: Wait, the temperature would drop to zero? Is that... Is that because the universe is expanding? So yeah. That so to, it's it's it's, it's, yeah. it's
0: weird because it's called heat death. Yeah, but it's not really heat. You know, it's lack of heat. Yeah, because it's expanded to such a large, the large, such a large space that there's like not enough heat for the whole universe to continue. Like stars would not be able to form hmm. if so all, all the on. matter is just so. How is that
1: possible? It. Because then that would that would be entropy zero, <laughs> if everything just stops moving. <laughs>
0: hold up, hold up, wait, wait,
1: wait. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? I mean, I don't know. I don't. I okay, again. Temperature no. goes to what? zero. No.
0: Well, this is an interesting. Uh... I don't think temperature goes to zero. It could take as long as so many years with the temperature dropping to around 10 to the negative 30 Kelvin. That's what they say. That's not zero. I mean, it's not zero, That's obviously. Not zero. Well, it's not no, going to achieve zero. I never said cause, zero. Because
1: no, uh, entropy's, entropy zero is only defined at, like, zero Kelvin. Right? Yeah,
0: so zero Kelvin will just not happen. That would just not, no, no, but no. But, no.
1: even if there's a really, really low temperature, if it's spread out over the entire universe exactly then That's we exactly, will still yeah. have like That's an exactly insane yeah. amount of volume entropy.
0: right yeah. right because it's about how big the damn thing is too yeah. Yeah. right like because we now we have this huge universe <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> we have this huge universe with even though it's such low temperature uh, 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 temperature the entropy i do not believe will go to zero that would just that would just not happen because it will it will have to increase it would just keep increasing again but the thing is, it would increase until it reaches that maximum entropy, right? Because we were talking about earlier how yeah. most—I mean, all systems have a maximum entropy where I think uh, you can't put any more work, or or sorry, I mean, unless you do work on the system, which is different internally mm-hmm. speaking, there will be maximum entropy at some point. So if mm-hmm. we're talking about the whole universe, <laughs> remember the whole universe. We can't really put in energy from outside because any energy we put in to the universe is technically internal because we're in the universe. So when the universe ultimately reaches this maximum entropy, this maximum entropy regime, right? Nothing will be able to happen. We would not be able to do work on the universe. The universe will not. So it will just be stagnant, basically. Nothing would be able to happen. And, like, all, all the energy would just be, you know, random motions of atoms and molecules in, in the universe. would be a way
1: to, to think about this is that if we think about the two-system uh, example, where one system is hotter than the other system, in, at the end, right, when we reach thermal equilibrium, thermodynamic equilibrium, then the temperature of the hot object has decreased but the entropy has also increased now just imagine that like all these hot and cold uh systems are different parts of the universe and so in total the 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 temperature is going to decrease like the of the hot objects the temperature will decrease but uh the entropy will still increase and so imagine like a star the system is like a star and like some type of like cold gas cloud. And then once that total temperature or like equilibrates, and then that system comes into contact with something that's even hotter. And then that will just kind of level out everything. But the more matter you have, the less, the the lower the temperature is going to go to.
0: Also again, because of the vast size. Of the universe that we have right now mm-hmm. right because that's which, gonna be which
1: a, nobody actually comprehends yeah i mean <laughs> you just say that the, the universe is uh, is very large but
0: because there, whenever someone says oh the universe is uh, 96 billion light years in radius or whatever like no one knows what that looks what does like, that even mean? like how, how is anyone supposed to ever understand what 96 billion light years mean
1: like some somebody can understand scales and
0: things like yeah that's oh, why you the, see all those youtube videos like scales yeah. of the universe which are actually but, pretty interesting
1: like you can you can draw it out and animate it and all that but your brain will never actually understand what it's like mm-hmm. you know like you, you look out into the into the dark sky and you say that is you know that is very far <laughs> whatever i'm looking at is very far away from me but uh you don't. You really don't know how far it is. Cause we because we are what, like one two meter objects, man. Like we're, we're we're so used to like exactly. We think like far is like is like across the earth. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we think we think that's far. <laughs> we don't. We don't
0: know what far is actually. Like astrophysically speaking, the moment we bring like the universe into the question, like into the picture, like all measurements, all even speeds, like. You hear of, like, planets going in, like, 11 and 12 kilometers per second. Like, how do you even think about that? Like, that is so immensely fast. Like, kilometers per second. Relative like to the obvious, sun. Obviously relative to different objects, but, like, but I'm just if,
1: if you think about it this way, like, the Earth is going, what well, like, 11 kilometers per second relative to the sun. The sun is going 200 kilometers per second so the, yeah. relative to the center of the galaxy, and our galaxy is going who knows how fast relative to whatever.
0: Dude, yeah, I mean it's all it's all relativity, right? Like it's all relativity. Yo, we might have to make another relativity episode. Oh, <laughs>
1: that's actually true. I'm telling you, man. I mean, relativity <laughs> is true. like a
0: core understanding of like of, of any measurement. Any measurement you do, it has to be relative to something else, right? So that is, like, that is very true. Yeah, like it, it's it's all, it's, all dependent.
1: Unless it's length or mass. <laughs> well. Oh, actually. like well, yeah, jack.
0: you know, length is not oh, one of them. I just N- got is, yeah. <laughs> Special <laughs> relativity, length contraction. Yeah. yeah, very is, true. Is the very thing. True. Yes, yes, yes. So we can't really do that.
1: So I think this actually concludes our discussion on entropy and the second law of thermodynamics. Did we
0: touch on the third law? No. Wait, did we talk about the third law? There's no way. We I think we
1: might have to save the third law for a thermodynamics part two episode. Um, yeah. If you I enjoyed, mean, okay. If you enjoyed it's, this, I mean, do you want to talk about? It's not, it? not, Yeah,
0: or, I mean, like, I don't want to. I don't want to postpone it to another episode right? because it's it's, no, like, it's no, like a quick we, law we, that we're not. No, really we,
1: gonna... we we have to we have to leave some suspense. We have to be uh, okay. Some good click clickbait content creators <laughs> here.
0: Clickbait content. If you want
1: to learn more about thermodynamics, make sure to stick around for the next time we make a thermodynamics episode, which will probably be in like a year from now. <laughs> but, it's gonna uh, be
0: quite a long time from now because <laughs> we have. I don't know like we have some really cool episodes coming up by the way you guys like it's it's some really p- cool people coming on the mm-hmm. podcast. Um I mean I'm I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything.
1: If uh like if people actually comment or like message us and tell us to make an episode, we'll actually make it faster than what we planned on doing. Like for example, if you guys comment or DM us on Instagram at @math.physics.podcast and you say Please make special relativity part two. We will part probably three. make it part two. We didn't make a part one. I mean, we didn't make a part two yet. Didn't we not? No, it's we didn't. There's no way. There's not a
0: special relativity part two. <laughs> no,
1: we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, anyway. We'll we'll, we'll be we'll be
0: uh, more inclined to make
1: it that way. So
0: yeah, for sure. No, because see, a a lot of these, a lot of the ideas that we okay, it's like I mean, not that we have to fully get into a discussion of how we do it but like a lot of times when parker and i are like thinking about a future episode we're just like hey what do we want to talk about and if one of us has an idea we just we, we just flow with it so if you guys you know give us an idea and tell us hey maybe this one's really cool and a lot of people agree with that then that is very probable like to just change our mind and we're like okay let's just do that instead so like right now it's not very hard to get a certain episode out of us you all you have to do is like you know ask and especially, like, if we know, if we know the topic, then we can do it. Also, I didn't even mention, I didn't, we, we didn't even mention, this should have been mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, but this episode was actually requested by someone months ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Th- th- like, like two, three months ago, yeah, someone asked us to do an episode on entropy and thermodynamics or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, we'll do it when we know enough about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And. Well, we just continued in class. Like we we did our own research. Like I think we were pretty confident and here we are with the episode. So shout out to that person. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. So you you might ask us to do something. It might, it might take us time, but we will get it done.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple or anywhere you're listening to this. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Subscribe to the YouTube, go like our videos, make sure to leave a comment and stick around for next week's episode, because it will be a very good one. Oh! So this has officially been episode number fifty-two. Why would it of
0: officially be episode fifty-two?
1: Because maybe someone's uh, copying oh, our, my, yeah. our anyway, ideas here. Continue with the outro. But this is number fifty-two. I am your host, Parker,
0: and I'm Ray, and we will see you soon. Bye, guys.